Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Are you suffering from spiritual fatigue or burnout or overwhelmed priorities that hurt your spiritual walk? Marianne Howard has written an important book. It's called Rest, Overcoming Spiritual Fatigue. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. In today's show, we have a live interview from Dallas via Skype with a new friend, Marion Howard, who has written an important book, Rest, Overcoming Spiritual Fatigue. Welcome to the program, Marion Howard. How are you today? Doing great, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. We'll get to your book in a minute, but uh, please introduce yourself to our audience. My name is Marion Howard. I live in the Dallas area. Um, I am a mom, a wife, uh, a ministry leader. I work for an organization out of Nashville um, called D6 Family. And the goal is for us to equip churches to help them be disciple makers in the home, help parents be disciple makers in the home. Well, that's great. Um, it, it, your book seems to have a lot of ministry implications to pastors who are too busy or overwhelmed. Sometimes we in, who are you know, seen as leaders, we get overwhelmed ourselves and you've written a book about this. Yes. Yeah, so it's not because I practice this well, it's because I haven't practiced it well <laughs> often in my life. And I think uh, there are many reasons why we fill our schedule up with lots of different things. And that's the goal of the work is to, in this book is to kind of expose why we, you know, operate the way that we do and make some of the decisions that we make with our time. Okay, so what is spiritual fatigue? Great question. Uh, the way that I define spiritual fatigue, it's a condition of the heart where a person feels spiritually dry or emotionally empty. And it kind of speaks to burnout and where we get to the end of ourselves and we're like, I, I'm, I'm just functioning. I'm adapting to empty. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of pastors, in fact, a record number of pastors are quitting the ministry. They've given, you know, 20 years to this and they're like, hey, I got family problems now myself and I've got private problems that I can't tell anyone about. And they're, they feel distant from God. Uh, do you have a solution for this? I do. I think, I think the thing we have to be mindful of is, is what's happened here is efficiency and speed and productivity and achievement, self-sufficiency and convenience. Those are all getting in the way of staying close to God. And um, there's a passage that, that I talked through in my book. It's Song of Solomon 1 verse 6. And I think it's important for us as leaders to understand. And that's, they made me keeper of the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have not kept. I think that's important for us to remember as leaders is that so often we make sure everybody else's vineyard, spiritual vineyard, condition of the soul is taken care of. But then when we finally pause and look at our own lives, we realize, oh my goodness, 
my vineyards got overgrowth. There's neglect there. And so um, that's, that's the heart of this book is to help you engage God for yourself. And, and we have to be careful that we're not so busy taking care of everybody else's soul that we neglect our own. Wow. They made me the keeper of the vineyard, but my own vineyard goes neglected sometimes. Can that speak to uh, your, your personal marriage or your children or sometimes just yourself? How do, how do pastors, because I don't want to be selfish, right? Other people who have needs are more important than me. If I look at my, my own needs, then I'm being selfish. Isn't that a sin? You know, the way that I like to look at this in terms of leadership or really just as a parent or as a spouse, whatever it might be, is the game Jenga. Um, when you think about the game, the game Jenga, it's stacked. And you when you pull from the bottom of the game, you're stacking it to the top, right? That's the point. Well, when you think about that in terms of time management and you think about that in terms of responsibility, and, and there's a couple things that I list out that kind of identifies this. It's the burden of busyness or the seduction of self-sufficiency or the prison of people pleasing or even the impact of identity. Here's the bottom line as a leader is your yeses will always cost you. And so when you're saying yes to someone or something else, you're saying no to someone or something else. And so I think we've got to be careful to pause and pray about what our yeses really are. I had somebody very wise to me say, Marianne, you've got to learn how to say no to the good things and yes to the God things. But there's got to be space in our lives to even ask God what our yeses even need to look like. I like that, uh, and there was a lot of alliteration, you know, II and P to P, B to B. I noticed that. Um, we're, we're talking about this book, Rest, and after this short break, we're going to talk about the Sabbath. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. We're here in Israel, in literally the scene of all of the holy sites, like the Via Dolorosa, where Jesus carried his cross the garden tomb where he was raised from the dead, the Sea of Galilee where he taught the disciples. And I prayed, Lord, how can I bring this inspiring environment into your living room? And what we've produced is a four DVD disc set with the entire Gospel of Matthew. I teach every verse in all 28 chapters of Matthew in short 12 minute segments. So you can understand the exact words that Jesus taught from the exact location where Jesus lived. Pick up the phone right now and call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. For a suggested donation of just $50, we'll give you all four discs, the entire Gospel of Matthew, or you can write to us at the address on your screen or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. You're gonna love this Bible teaching. Pick up the phone and call us today. I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, Jesus taught the parable about sowing the seed and you don't want it wasted, you want it to grow with 30, 60, 100 fold for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you three mission areas that we're doing here at Pray In Jesus Name. I think our charity does more with less than any other charity I know. We are fertile seed. For example, number one, we pray in millions of television homes every day or every weekend on eight networks we have 2.5 billion home TV impressions every month. The second area, we feed orphans and children in some of the poorest slums overseas. We're building a new vocational school, we're digging wells, and we're serving the poor when you give to pray in Jesus' name. 
Number three, we defend religious freedom, especially for our troops and our chaplains. We've now helped send five million petitions to Congress. We've helped change bad laws or policies in 13 states and four times in federal law. You know my story as a former Navy chaplain, standing up for the right to pray in Jesus' name and defending religious freedom. Would you donate today? In fact, we want you to come up monthly pledge sponsor. When you visit PrayInJesusName.org, on the right side, click the monthly pledge sponsor button at PrayInJesusName.org. Your monthly gift will help change the world in Jesus' name. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Marianne Howard, who has written an important new book, Rest, Overcoming Spiritual Fatigue. So, Marianne, a lot of pastors, they work on Sunday all day because that's their their work day, honestly. And, and then they gotta work on Saturday because they're preparing for Sunday. So, when do they take a Sabbath day? Aren't we commanded to keep holy the Sabbath? Yes, that's one of the things that I really talk about midway through the book. So the first half of the book is I'm addressing the resistance to rest and what's keeping us from actually experiencing rest. And by the way, scripture is very clear in Matthew 11 that Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's important for us to understand that Jesus is the giver of rest. So we've got to go, make sure we're going and reaching for the right thing, the right person who is Jesus. He's the giver of rest. So we've got to choose to go there. Oftentimes we choose to reach for other things, lesser things that leave us actually more exhausted. We think that when we binge watch something or when we can just, you know, you know, watch our reels for just a moment on Instagram, we think that, that we're going to regain rest, which we don't. But midway through the book, right there at chapter five is where I shift gears and we move from resistance to theology. And that's where I kind of try to build a biblical framework for what rest is supposed to look like. And there we see in the early pages of scripture, a created order and God declares the Sabbath day holy. He doesn't declare an object holy and he doesn't declare a person holy in, in the creation account. He declares a day holy. And I think as leaders, we've got to make sure that we're looking at the Sabbath day properly and that we're seeing it as holy. Do we even treat Sabbath and rest holy? And the goal in that chapter is actually to challenge all of us to think about, are we working to rest or are we leading from rest? There's, there's two ways to look at it. I think God wants us to lead and live our lives out of a place of rest where it's a starting point instead of it being, I'm so exhausted. I've been doing this in and of myself and now I'm collapsing to a place of rest and we're running to it, which he does want us to come to him. But I think the healthy way to look at it is that we choose to operate where we choose to fight for Sabbath first, and then we lead out of that. So leaders, I can't tell you what day that needs to look like, but there needs to be a day that you protect to connect with God. Yeah, a lot of mega churches, obviously, uh, they're closed on Mondays, sometimes even Tuesdays, because their staff needs time away. And, and if that's the Sabbath, I'm not legalistic to say, oh, it's gotta be on Saturday because that's, the Old Testament under the Hebrew law, it was the seventh day of the week. The, the early church met on Sundays, uh, the first day of the week, not the last day of the week. Maybe they did rest on Saturday, um, but the day of the week is less important than the person of Jesus who said, come to me and I will give you rest. 
There's a spirituality to this and it's not so rigid, is it? That's right. One of the things that I dive into is spiritual disciplines for intimacy. And even though as ministry leaders and pastors, we teach this and we really understand it maybe here in our minds, I think practicing it and living it out is a whole nother thing. And so I give four disciplines for intimacy with God just to help you celebrate and, and operate in, in a restful place with God. The first one is silence. It's, it's abstaining from speaking. The thing is about silence is it always sensitizes us to the things of God. So we've got to get quiet. You know, scripture says in Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, be still and know that I'm God. It's everywhere. We see it everywhere. But when you read that in context and you read it in totality, it's really be still so that you can know that I am God. There's a stillness and a quietness that, that has global impact. And so when we're still and we're quiet, we're able to know God because there is so much noise and so much distraction. The second thing is solitude. It's, it's to be alone and to turn away from human interaction. As leaders, we've got the pressure of people constantly on us. And so I think it's important for us to experience solitude. And that just kind of moves you away from the demand of people and expectations to go be with God. And Jesus modeled this all throughout the New Testament. The third thing is stillness and that we practice stillness that's being still. We're in constant motion. And so I think even beyond silence is we've got to get very still. We've got to cease and desist. We've got to make room for listening and it opens us up to peace. And so there needs to be a stillness. Stop movement. And then last but not least is surrender. And, and I don't think surrender is possible apart from silence, solitude, and, and stillness. It's hard for us to posture our heart and life in a place of rest or surrender if we're not silent, away from the demand of people, and then still. Okay, let me get this straight. Silence, solitude, stillness, surrender. And I'm gonna add a fifth one then that is sleep. Because, <laughs> yes. you know, sometimes I need, I need my Sunday afternoon nap, you know, just, and Pastor Brady Boyd, one of, of the biggest church in Colorado that I know, New Life Church, he takes regular afternoon naps and, and the staff kind of makes fun of him, but he says, getting your own rest in place really gives you the energy you need, good nutrition. Uh, I could do better at, you know, taking a walk or a little bit of exercise, but self-care is critical biologically, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. We need to take care of our bodies. We need, and I think often what happens in ministry leadership narratives is our minds are filled with so much and we've stacked so much of our day um, in, in productivity and our identity gets really attached to productivity that I think it's keeping us from sleep. And I think those, those four S's start to help us to actually turn our brains off and turn the activity off. Because listen, I, I hope leaders hear me on this. You are more than what you do. You, you, the measure of your identity cannot be attached to productivity. It, it will fail you every time. The measure of your identity, I mean, Jesus is so clear in John 15. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that means nothing. And we've got to take him at his word and stop operating in autonomy and start operating in surrender to say, I can't do any of this apart from him. And so what those four S's do is there in those, those five S's, the sleeping is really what it does is it opens us up to understanding our limitedness and God's vastness. I like that. Okay, uh, 
The book is called Rest, Overcoming Spiritual Fatigue. More with Marianne Howard right after this. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I wanna introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry in the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind Praying Jesus Names Ministry. Dr. Chaps here, but this great ministry needs your support and you could you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code PrayNews and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts, a lot of those proceeds are coming right back. I'm gonna put them right back into this, into your amazing charity and show. My employees and I are excited to announce it's our 20th anniversary. And to celebrate, we're bringing you a limited edition MyPillow. The Giza Elegance MyPillow is made with the most amazing cotton. Two inch pipe gusset comes in four custom loft levels and it's machine washable and dryable. When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported in line. That's why we've been around for 20 years because my pillow works. Go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, only $19.98. With my 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, over the last 20 years, with all your support, we've been able to not only launch the original MyPillow, but also the MyPillow mattress topper, Giza Dream bed sheets, My Slippers, and the MyPillow bath towels. But there's so much more. In fact, we have over 200 products, and I'm so confident that you'll love each and every one of them that when you go to MyPillow.com now, you'll immediately receive a free gift valued at $20 just for checking out the website. No purchase necessary. Get everything from my pillow blankets, sleepwear, kitchen towels, mattresses, duvets, pet beds, body pillows, comforters, couch pillows, bathrobes, and so much more. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get deep discounts on all my pillow products. And remember, just for checking out mypillow.com, you'll immediately receive a free gift valued at $20. No purchase necessary. This is a limited time promotion, so go to mypillow.com now. Stay tuned for the end of our show to learn how to partner with this ministry. Here's Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Marianne Howard. Her website, marianne-howard.com. Easy to find her book on Amazon. It's called Rest, Overcoming Spiritual Fatigue. Uh, Marianne, you have a chapter in here, Dangerous Distractions. Uh, I used to think that I was more spiritual if I was busy, busy, busy all the time but sometimes your busyness can take away from that stillness and that is my busyness a form of idolatry? Hmm, such a great question. So I am one of those type of people that does a lot of research. Part of my job requires me to do a lot of research. I work in marketing. And so it's important for us to study different numbers and as people are paying attention to different things. And just a couple of statistics to speak to this distraction issue, which is a huge one, by the way, is that people now lose concentration after eight seconds, <laughs> which means we have the attention spans of goldfish, which is a very dangerous thing. I'm sorry, what I were you saying? I said, <laughs> I'm just kidding, <laughs> right? No, I got distracted there, I, I lost it, go ahead. 
So also another thing for us to note about busyness and the things that's holding our attention is that we swipe, tap, and click our device 2,617 times a day. Wait, say <laughs> Which, that again. How many times <laughs> do I click my device? We tap, swipe, and click our device 2,617 times per day, what? which I, I was offended by that number until I went to my own digital well-being and saw, okay, this is so true and so convicting and so right on. And um, so distractions, they are really, really destructive to our intimacy with God. Just a couple of things about distraction. Distraction will make intimacy with God impossible. Distraction will always cultivate self-centeredness. It puts you at the center of everything. It also, distraction will also feed discontentment where we begin to compare, covet, and compete. Looking to the left and to the right, we believe that the grass is greener on the other side, but we all know that the grass is greener where we water it. And then last but not least, distraction will rule an unprioritized heart. And it's where we get distracted and divided. So no one really gets the whole pieces of us. They're always getting the distracted and divided pieces of us, which can cause us. And I think this is the most dangerous thing about distraction, just to be really honest with you. The most dangerous thing that can happen to us is that we get so busy building our own personal kingdoms that we miss his kingdom assignment altogether. You mentioned, a, is that a device or a research tool, digital well-being? What is that? Yes, so when you go onto your phone, you can check in your settings on an iPhone or an Android. You can check the digital well-being place in your phone and it tells you how often, how long you're spending on apps, how long you're spending texting, how long you're spending reviewing, viewing anything on your phone, your digital well-being will tell you all the analytics of how often you're opening it, how often you're viewing it. It is very, very convicting. <laughs> I, I am almost afraid to go look. Um, <clears throat> tell me about teenagers because there's a certain age when they're not ready for all that. Uh, are, we, are we dragging them into the digital age too young? Yes, great question. So just to make note of the statistic earlier that I shared about the 2,617 times per day, that's for adults. For teenagers, they're well over 3,000 times per day. And, and yes, I agree with you. I think that the digital age is moving in at such a rapid pace. You know, our children, there's gonna be an entire generation of, of children that literally do not know the world without a device. And let me tell you, the enemy, uh, he, he, he is coming with messaging at every possible angle. So I would say out there, if you're a parent right now and you're trying to decide, is it time? I, I would really cause you to, caution and and pause before you give them access. I think what I've learned as a parent, if I'm being really transparent, is we gave it to them too soon. And so, and because we weren't aware of some things. And so we've had to backtrack, which is not what I recommend. Those of you that have younger children, do your very best to be proactive and set up safeguards and be very careful before you give them this. Yeah, <laughs> because our now friend... Dr. Doug Weiss says, a child should not have a cell phone until they're able to pay for it. And if they have oh. to be, if they have to you know, get a part-time job, which I did when I was at sophomore in high school, to pay for spending money, 
then they can use that to buy their phone, even if it's on the family plan, make them spend that extra money. Okay, there's a chapter and we have just three and a half minutes left. Developing disciplines for intimacy with God. Yeah, yeah, so that speaks very heavily to the four S's that, that I was talking about, but the goal of developing disciplines for intimacy is to help you connect with him. You know, I heard this a, a while ago and I just think it's so pertinent to everything we've talked about today when it comes to rest. What you think about is what you care about and what you care about is what you're going to chase. So think about how your life is ordered and how your life is set up. And can I just ask this question for all of you to evaluate today? Is there even room for me to be with God? Is there room for me to be with God? Is yeah. there room in your life? You know, those of you moms out there, you know, today, make the, make the car line, get there a little bit early and turn the radio off and turn your phone off and be with God. Ministry leaders, pause and find a place. Go take a walk today around your church. <laughs> Go take a walk around your church today and take a minute to be with your God. One of the things that I talk about in the latter half of the book is we've got to go be a sheep. We've got to go be a sheep. Go out to pasture. Go be with your God. There is a reward to, to those little clicks we have on our device, right? I feel a pulse of endorphins or adrenaline or uh, you know, whatever other hormones kick in when I feel that reward because I've, somebody liked me on Facebook or whatever. Um, what is the reward of knowing the shepherd? We have just two minutes left and somebody doesn't know Jesus. Would you tell them the other side of the story and lead us maybe in a prayer? Mm, yes, um, I would love to say this, that, um, Scripture is very clear and it says, my heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And can I just say to you that God, he is your portion and your strength. To the left of the book, God is spiritual fatigue and burnout. It's my heart and my flesh, they're failing me, but to the right of the butt, God, but he is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You're not going to find rest anywhere else, but in Jesus. You're not going to find identity anywhere else, but in Jesus. His burden is light and um, he loves you and he wants to lead you to paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He wants to lead you to quiet waters. That's what he says in his words on 23. I'm going to lead you to quiet waters and we need quiet waters. And so that's my prayer for you today is that you would turn to the giver of rest. Amen. Uh, let's take a moment and pray. Father, I pray for our audience that, that you would call us out of our idolatry, out of our distractions, and into an intimate place of solitude where we know the Lord Jesus intimately. Father, I pray you would be our first click, that we would set aside everything else and Jesus would be the shepherd who gives us that rest. I pray this blessing in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, amen. the book is Rest, Overcoming Spiritual Fatigue. Her website, marianne-howard.com. Our show uh, is supported by viewers and we need your donations, large or small, to bring you these kind of important programs. Would you please donate today when you visit PrayInJesusName.org? Again, PrayInJesusName.org. 
or call us toll free at 866-Obey-God. If you just need prayer, it's free. Call us at 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.